podcast named after the only two things he knows. Dick jokes and dinosaurs with Adam Jacobson. He'll teach you what is a thagomizer. You wonder if you're even circumcised. Dick jokes and dinosaurs with Adam Jacobson. Dick jokes and dinosaurs. Are you ready to stop the motherfucking show? Hey everybody, welcome to an all new episode of Dick Jokes and Dinosaurs. Today I'm going to be talking about uh, you know, just the Lacey Act and some f- pieces of dinosaur news I missed when I became Simpsons podcast. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to just be right back into it with some of that delicious dinosaur news. First off with the Lacey Act, it's really unfortunate it's what's happened uh, in the United States. Even though I'm not in the United States, it is a concern for ever keepers the world over when pieces of legislation like this happen because it will only be a matter of time before they spread. And what makes this piece of legislation so problematic? So it is an amendment to the Lacey Act that will ban the import of injurious, potentially injurious species. This is every animal that isn't a cat, dog, or farm animal across state lines. And that can be very problematic because if you want, you know, an animal that's just from the state over, that will be illegal and you'll be breaking the law. And it'll really limit the species into particular states. It'll really shrink the hobby It'll be a disaster. Uh, also, you can't go across state lines with the animal too, so that means you can't go to uh, an exotic vet. Exotic vets are already hard to come by. So that's another very problematic thing about the piece of legislation. But I feel like there has been a large response. I feel there are some people who have kind of become nihilistic about it, but I think for the most part in the hobby, Everyone is pretty united, and I think a lot of people have been reaching out, so shout-outs to you all. It, it, it does look a bit dire, but you know, hopefully if we just keep applying pressure to state representatives, hopefully our voices can be heard. All right. So I can't do that because I'm not an American, but, you know, all the American buckaroos out there, appreciate you. All right, now going to move into some spicy dinosaur news the there was a very controversial uh, paper released that claimed that there are now three species of tyrannosaurus that's right instead of t-rex we will have t imperator and t regina that it's believed that there are differences between the the varieties that merit um, you know, a breakdown into sep- of the genus into separate species. But the, I don't know. It's it's very controversial based on 
what I've read. So this is, comes from an article uh, from the Smithsonian by Margaret Osborne. And she, she does a great job of breaking down both sides of the argument. So for the, the main uh, paper's argument is that, uh, here I'm just going to quote the author, um, for a century, the species T-Rex, potentially being a de facto taxonomic wastebasket, was to a fair extent a consequence of available sample size, the number of reasonably complete Tyrannosaurus skeletons being much too small to sufficiently examine the issue. However, that situation of taxonomic stagnation due to specimen deprivation has dramatically improved since the late 1900s, an in-depth examination is now possible and this is and his and their paper essentially broke down that in different levels of strata there were different characteristics so uh tyrannosaurus the the potential tyrannosaurus regina was found uh to be more lightly built the imperator was heavier and they were found in different stratas of um sediment and that that's the main evidence we're using However, uh, Thomas Carr, who studied over 1,800 individual T-Rexes, quote, says, quote, I understand the temptation to divide T-Rex into different species because there is some variation in the fossil bones that we have, he says to the Guardian. But ultimately, to me, this variation is very minor and, does, and not indicative of meaningful biological separation of distinct species that can be defined based on clear, explicit, consistent differences. So this one, it's gonna be a bit of a back and forth with this uh, finding. Um, there was a, the word T-Rex also had other controversies regarding its taxonomic status. There was the now largely defunct uh, Nanotyrannus. It was believed, Nanotyrannus uh, was believed to be a dwarf tyrannosaur, but now it's largely accepted to have been a juvenile T-Rex. Uh, this could be of just portions of T-Rexes, sorry, of Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, at different developments of life, or it could be different species. Then that is a great point. You know, it is difficult. What is the article uh, talks about how difficult it is to define what a species is. And we aren't, and we're working with bones, so we don't have access to a lot of, um, uh, you know, like fleshy material and to really break them down. Um, so we're just going off skeletons. So it's it's going to be a bit of a controversy, and we'll see what the result is. Now uh, the next article is very fascinating. It breaks down how uh, you know we've found evidence of a dinosaur with. A form of pneumonia. Uh, it, the dinosaur uh, was a diplodocoid uh, sauropod, uh, so think like Diplodocus. We haven't actually confirmed the species yet. Uh, it, we, it was named Dolly, very cute, had a form of pneumonia, and this was based on multiple broccoli like growths in the bone. The, um, it seems to have, um, yeah, a lot of times with the uh, Diseases, you know, there there's an evidence of bone, so we can't really take into account for um, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Yeah, we, we can't look at like you know, phlegm. Phlegm doesn't fossilize, like inflamed tissue doesn't fossilize, 
but this uh, infection got so severe it was actually wound up on the bones and this is the way it's structured is actually is pretty similar to how birds get forms of pneumonia now I'm just going to pull up the article because yeah so it's it actually is believed that this diplodocoid dolly got a very similar form of a respiratory infection called aspergillosis uh, that birds usually get. Um, so this supports the uh, this is great supporting evidence that birds are very close to dinosaurs. Uh, sorry, birds are very close to dinosaurs. And uh, yeah, so yeah, they have a bit of infl um, they have the air sacs, uh, birds and dinosaurs, and that's believed what was got infected. And this is great evidence. This gives us a great insight into dinosaur immune systems. We know already dinosaurs got forms of cancer uh, beforehand, even gout. So this is just very fascinating. Very fascinating. We don't know yet if this was the cause of death for the dinosaur, though. All right. Now the next article. Um... Next article, uh, it's a bit brief. Um, it talks about how uh, Kung Pengopterus, we talked a bit about that dinosaur in prior episodes, the monkey dactyl, uh, had a t uh, regurgitated pellets like an owl. Uh, it was found that um, there, there's a lot of evidence of, of pellets being released by both juvenile and adult Kung Pengopteryx. Uh, and it's it's pretty fascinating that it's so likely they would have had a two-part stomach um, that would have contracted out uh, pellets and shot them out the mouth. And it, based on the pellets, it is believed that Kung Pengopteryx throughout uh, juvenile and adult stages of its life ate fish. And that's, that's pretty neat. Okay, now the next article is something that is not not frequently talked about in paleontology. It's not really familiar to the public, but it really breaks down quite well problems with uh, colonialism in paleontology and how a lot of fi uh, paleonto paleontological findings are are built are constructed by exploiting the natural resources of other parts of the world. Uh, so, according to the study, ninety-seven percent of North American and Western European uh, paleontological finds are extracted from uh, are are written about in those areas, but then use material from other parts of the world. There were, um, this article talks about um, finding um, how in certain cases in Brazil, uh, there was the fossil Tetrapodophus and Ubijara uh, jubatus. Uh, these were both, uh, so, tetra, so Tetrapod, oh fuck me, Tetrapodophus uh, is a snake relative and its fossils were, and th this is a very, very unfortunate series of words by this guy. So I'm just gonna click them. This is from 
the team that found. So both of these cases were German paleontologists who found the, the animal. And uh, this is from <laughs> the Wikipedia I found. Um, so the, the, so Tetradophis was found by David Martell, who, was, who illegally exported the fossil from Brazil to Germany. Uh, when he was asked why he didn't bring a Brazilian scientist to the team. So the main issue is that German sci European scientists will get credit for the work that is naturally the country's resources. And it, it did break natural resource laws. Um, so he says, quote, uh, to not having any Brazilian scientist as required by Brazilian law, he says, but what difference would it make? I mean, do you also want me to have a black person on the team for ethnicity reasons? A, and a cripple and a woman? And maybe a homosexual too, just for a bit of all-round balance? If you invite people because they are Brazilian, then people will think that every Brazilian author on a scientific paper is there because he is a Brazilian and not because he is a clever scientist. It just is just missing the point of, you know, of another country going in and extracting a person's resources like it's the same and same principle of going into a country and taking away all the um like, like diamonds like going in and extracting diamonds and then you know no no one who actually own, lives in that country gets the proper amount of due compensation and but then it, it gives lines um Western individuals with a lot of profit. It's very unfortunate. These animals are very fascinating in their own right. Like I'm looking at uh, Tetrapodophus, and it just—it looks like such a weird, freaky snake thing. It's like it has these little legs. See, so, yeah, it's more closely related. It's actually very similar to, um, yeah, snakes. It's just—it's so freaky looking. This is a little noodle with tiny legs, and then the other one. Uh, Ubijara jubatus, it, it has these cool spines just jutting out of its flank. There are a lot of issues with uh, ethics in paleontology for sure. Yeah, just, you know, you know, if you're a paleontologist, you know, just always uh, at least have a few people on the team. It's like, of course, you can have uh, people judging. I'm oh, sorry, not sorry, not people judging. Uh, people like work and like go to different countries to work but you know you have to provide some form of compensation to the the state like you just can't take the resources without proper compensation can't ha yeah it's it's unfortunate it is just kind of, it's a lot of colonialism all right so i think that's where we're going to end i think this is going to be a bit of a shorter one all right thank you all so much for watching take care everybody have a good one Yeah, but so